Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Why you need to hire trusted talent to build and scale your startup. Referrals are still the strongest way to stack the deck of talent in your organization, but you cannot shortcut the interview process. Just because the person has worked well in another organization does not mean that they will be successful at yours. Diligence in gathering evidence of value, growth, and cultural alignment must be gathered to avoid making a bad hire. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes by identifying a specific problem and providing proven solutions to enable your company to win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. AJ Bruno. He is the CEO and co-founder of QuotaPath. AJ leads the QuotaPath team as the CEO and co-founder. Prior to QuotaPath, AJ spent six years at TrendKite, the company he co-founded, and he was the president of in Austin, Texas. At TrendKite, AJ led the go-to-market and sales strategy execution and took the company from the initial team product inception through a $20 million annual recurring revenue and 250 employees. TrendKite was acquired by the public company Cizon for $225 million in January 2019. And AJ is religious about vetting and hiring talent and has made over 300 hires in his career, which is what makes AJ the perfect expert for today's topic. AJ, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me. Really, really appreciate it. I think when you fine tune my career into those words, there's some interesting things there and the 300 hires for sure. I, it's tough over the last decade to think back, but I remember some of them for sure. All the individual interviews that I've had over the years. You always remember the really good ones and the really bad ones, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of really bad ones, too. I think I was a part of the problem of being the really bad part of the interviews. You learn from your mistakes, though, of course. I think we all start out that way. Yeah. All right. Well, today we're going to be discussing why trusted talent is the best option to build and scale your startup. We're going to talk about what to do when you don't have a strong network. And then we're going to talk about the steps to take to hire through referrals. Sound like a plan? Yeah, that sounds great. Love it. All right. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your story and how you came to the conclusion of why hiring trusted talent is the best route. Yeah. I mean, I think I look back at my career in the sales bucket and a lot of the conversations that you have in cold call sales, they tend to actually happen on the hiring front as well. You think about it, you're pitching your product, you're pitching who you are, you're pitching why this is the right type of company to work with. And so a lot of the sales skills that I had just got transferred over to hiring and recruiting. In my first company, Trendkite, when we were thinking about what we wanted the culture of the company to look like and all of the marketing of the company, my co-founder and I had strong backgrounds in B2B SaaS sales. And so our early hires had that same type of energy, same type of feel, a lot of urgency, a lot of celebratory markings. And so that really made a big imprint on how I thought about hiring and how I thought about the people that I wanted to work with in the future. I've since diversified out, certainly in skill sets and type of person. And not everyone has to be a type A personality to be like a strong a plus talent player, of course. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, I think it's all different personality types or A players, right? You don't want to type A for an engineering role, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the case. I was like, oh, we'll have monthly beers with every single person 
person in the company. And then the end of the month rolls around and like everyone on product and engineering is like, ah, we'll come support, but we're not going to take fireball shots on desks like this. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about your network. I mean, you've built up a network over the past few years. So you've got probably a pool to pull from. So how are you attracting people over? And actually, more importantly, why is it important that you focus in on trusted talent first before you go out to the market and take another route? Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate to work with some really fantastic people over the years that have helped drive the business forward and really measurable results. And I've always said, oh, I, I want to work with this person again. I know this person is going to be a, a great person to work with. And I think a lot of that comes out into the loyalty and the trust and respect that you each mutually show with each other. For example, the past two weeks, I've hired our first account management sales hires at Quotapath and my second company. So I know Quotapath hasn't really been mentioned outside of the intro, but this company is 17 folks and most of it is product and product and engineering that far for the first two years. We're now taking the product to market. And I I had a pool of people that I want to work with again. And I started cultivating that relationship again early. So like a year and a half ago, I said, hey, I'd love to work with you again. Let's continue to make sure that we're talking and we're always talking about where the business is and what stage it's in. So there's two people that just started, as I said, one in May and one just this month in those roles. And those are both people that I worked with for five plus years and crushed it at my previous company. And I know we'll crush it at Quotapath. So, okay. But what about if you don't have a network? When you're getting started, you might have know a few people. I mean, what are you doing when you don't have a network and how are you getting to those people? So walk me through that yeah. that build up to that for you. Yeah, sure. And I think that that's true for most people that are maybe either starting their first company, they're just founding it right from the get-go or they're hiring people for specific roles that they've never hired anyone for. It can be a demand gen. I made the joke with you earlier, chief ice maker. I've never hired one of those, but I'm sure those exist around the country. I want to hire one. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that would look like, but to figure out what that would look like, I would, again, look at my own network of people that I trust, either mentors or advisors, and ask them of like, hey, who's the best demand gen person you know? Like, who's the absolute best rock star demand gen person? I might not be able to hire that person, but that person might know who the up and coming demand gen person is. So you'd be in a natural sales guy, though, like you ask for referrals, right? You and I both do this. Yeah. I look at recruiting very similar to sales, right? I mean, it's almost similar process, right? So you're always asking for referrals. But if you're a founder who doesn't have a sales background, that's an uncomfortable thing for a lot of people to dig into. I mean, I think eventually, if you're a founder, you're sales, you're in recruiting, you're always asking people for help, right? Like whether it's venture, whether it's your own friends and family, like you just have to have those conversations to be successful. Like there's no way around that. So even if you was over email, you don't have to be so forward. It's not like I'm cold calling my entire network and saying, hey, do you know this person? You can still do it in like a soft way. Like who's someone that you respect very much in this role isn't a hard ask. It's just like a general ask. And then you can open up, that opens up the conversation to go further. Like, well, why are you asking? Like, well, I'm thinking about actually making a hire in that regard. Here's the thing that makes sense. I just need to make sure that what I'm thinking about makes sense to someone that actually knows this role and this responsibility. So I want to have that initial conversation with them. That initial conversation might actually turn into a job opportunity or it might lead to a path of like, here's three people that you need to talk to. Just continually asking all of those questions is really, really important. So the way in which you asked that, I want you to say that again, but this is a really important point. You didn't ask who's looking. You asked who is the best person that you know who does this. Yeah. And that's a really key point because you're not making it about yourself and what you need. You're making it about them. And it's like, who's just such a badass? 
Who's like someone that you're like, I have to work with this person again because of these three things. And a person's going to immediately open up, right? They're going to be like, oh, you need to talk to this person and this person, and this person versus, hey, how can I hire you? I'm like, uh, you can't. <laughs> and by the way, that's a much easier conversation, you being a founder or an entrepreneur, than it is from a recruiter asking that question because that just yeah, does not fly. He's like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Why are you bothering me? But what I did over LinkedIn for Trendkite, I did this exact thing with the sales hires, my first sales hires, and I still have all their LinkedIn messages like, hey, and this is true. I heard you're just like really good at your job. I'd love to buy you coffee. I just started a startup in Austin. I'm kind of new to the scene. Would you be open to just like catching up with? me. And that opened so many doors. My first five hires we did exactly that way. And I still joke with the person we hired first who became my director, who I'm really good friends with, that that was the way that he got hired was I just sent a LinkedIn message asking for coffee. Indirect, right? Indirect. Yeah. All right. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Richard Ryan. For our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources to help you land great hires. Our guest today is AJ Bruno. He's the CEO and co-founder of Quota Path. We just talked a little bit about hiring trusted talent, why that's important. And now we're going to talk about how to do it. So let's lay out for entrepreneurs who don't know, who haven't gone through this journey, how you do it. So I think when we talked, you said the very first thing you want to do is reverse engineer your network, right? Yep. Let's talk about that. How do you do that? Yeah, I mean, reverse engineering your network is just simply taking the time to go through whether it's your LinkedIn or whether it's your own email contact and understanding who are the people that you want to discuss or talk to in this regard. You don't, again, going back to what I said earlier, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll have to work with that person, but you want to make sure you're looking for people that you trust and that you know have a lot of loyalty. So one of the ways to easily do that is to make sure that they're not job hopping. I mean, that's one thing. I think I look for like two to three years at a job. And then I look for people that I know at that organization and I might start to actually back channel already. So of course, a person's going to give you a reference and say, hey, here's like three references that you should talk to that I've worked with. I actually do my own independent and I'll connect with at least five people. I know that sounds like a lot, but you want to get every indication and do your diligence on it. You do not want to make the wrong hire No, in these cases, especially if they're the first person taking on that role. You absolutely don't. You can't afford to make the wrong hire, especially in the beginning. You have to right. put in that diligence. So looking for trust and loyalty, let's talk a little bit about that because that's kind of an interesting concept. Like millennials get a bad rap because they hop around jobs every year, year and a half. Is that problematic? <laughs> for you? No, I look at that as the why behind a career. I think there's a couple things that I'll actually ask. But before I get there, I consider myself a millennial. I'm 34 years old. So I'm right on the cut. Like 1985 was like, eh. I feel like I have a lot of empathy for how they're looking at the world and how I personally look at the world in terms of career choices and finding meaning in the why behind jobs. And a lot of jobs just don't really offer that or don't talk about that in a way, especially if you're failed, in a way that's really meaningful for a person. So I think that that's something that I'll be able to view through a different lens. I also want to ask like for them, why did they move from job to job? So a question I asked during the interview process is like, hey, you moved from company X to company Y. Tell me about what motivated you for that move. Like what was driving you to actually make that move? And I'll really listen to the answer and I'll continue to dig in, dig in, dig in and make sure they're not just BSing their way through like, 
oh, and maybe they were fired. But I'll get to the root of that just by continuously asking questions about like, what was it about this company? Why that really made you say, I'm going to go here? Were you recruited proactively? Were you looking? Like, what was it? So that would help me inform the decision on why they're now looking to move from company Y to my company. You brought up a good point. It doesn't take very long to sniff out whether or not somebody's lying to you when you dig in deep on that sort of thing. Yeah, um, it's really easy to tell. It, that bullshit detector comes up real fast. <laughs> it totally does. All right, let's go over to back channeling because this is something very few entrepreneurs, you're probably one of the few that I've met that actually do this. And this is something I do pretty much regularly because it's part of my job. But when you find somebody you like, you're reaching out to people they worked with and you're gathering their feedback prior to the interview during the interview, like when are you reaching out to these people? Each hire is slightly different. If it's an interview where I really like the person, but maybe I have slight red flag, it's after the interview. If it's a really, really important hire and it's one, I'll do the, the legwork before. Because the upfront research, there's obviously a time cost to it. So I don't necessarily waste time with referrals until after the interview process, but it just is dependent on the situation. I tend to probably lean towards more doing it after I have that initial conversation because I think it's not fair to the person to do like this cold outreach before I even talk to them and can have informed data decisions just based on the conversation I have with them. No, I think you should do it when you have of somebody who's a viable person who it's looking like they're moving toward a hire. Exactly. There's yep. no reason to alert all their yeah, friends they're, that they're, they're looking blast for their entire network on blast because I'm having one conversation with them. It doesn't make so much sense. Yeah. And that's a really good point, by the way. Don't reach out way prior to back channel somebody too. If you do it too early, all you're going to do is kill your chances of getting that person because yep. it's going to come back to them. All right. So let's talk about the interview process itself. You touched upon this that you like to dig in really deep on the interview. And I love this because what you're doing is you're doing like a Socratic method of questioning to get to the truth of what it is that this person is telling you. Yeah. Do you have anything that you do uniquely that sets somebody aside? So I run two different types of interview process. One we've talked about a little bit, which is like the strategic one where it's the first person in the role. And that happens a little bit more organically with back channeling or with conversations that I'm having with that person. The other is more of a scale process. Uh, take a sales hire. I might be knowing that in two years, I'm going to hire 50 people in this type of role. And there I want to create a consistent framework. So the one thing I did at Trendtite was I always did the initial phone interview. And I had these markers throughout the process that I always did the same thing. And in one of these cases was what we would call a knockout question. One of Trendkite's first customers was First Solar. And Elon Musk was involved with First Solar. So in 2012, remember, this is eight years ago, Tesla was just starting to get to production with cars. SpaceX wasn't really a thing, but I was talking to folks that had like a tech background, so they should have some understanding of what that was. So I'd say, okay, do you know First Solar? No. Okay, that was usually the initial. Then I would say, well, First Solar, Elon Musk is actually involved with First Solar. Are you familiar with Elon Musk? And eh, maybe 25% of the time I'd be like, oh yeah, of course I know who Elon Musk is. And that's great. But they might say no to that. And then the follow-up to that is like, oh, okay, well, he's the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX. And if they didn't know either of those companies, that would disqualify them. I would say 90% of the time, I wouldn't automatic, automatic disqualify them, but you got to keep up with current events. And that was a very <laughs> clear signal that they were just not in tune with who Elon Musk was. And that was a problem. That's a clear signal. Somebody's playing way too many video games and not really paying attention <laughs> to what's going on around them. It's tough to judge, but it was like a uh, deer in a headlight. Um, no, no idea who that person is. Yeah, we build out knockout questions with our clients as well. And I think it's really important that each interviewer at least ask one that is congruent with something that's really important to the company. Yep. 
right? Agreed. It's got to be built around their values. Well, shoot, AJ, we're getting pretty close on time. What would be two or three key takeaways that you can give the audience that they can plug into their business today? I think I'll repeat some of the things I said earlier, but one, I mentioned five references, but a minimum, at least three references, especially if the hire is very strategic, meaning it's the first hire in that position. Two, if the hire is going to be a scale process, you're going to hire multiple people, create a consistent process. As I mentioned, knockout questions, but maybe you also have them come in and do a presentation, keep that presentation consistent with all of your hires that are coming up so you can kind of think about how people have answered them and you have a lot of data points. And number three, I would ensure that the person is sold on working with you and learning from you as much as possible. And this is something I found with people that I hire again, that I know I want to work with. And again, so I make sure that they know that there's going to be a close connection working with me. And here's the things that they're going to learn this time around that might be different than when we work together in the past. Can I add one to that? Oh, you absolutely can add one. <laughs> you know what? You want to make sure too that that person aligns with where your company is going to go and they really want that out of their career. I found that that's yeah. a more powerful hire today. When you offer something they don't have, or they can't get where they are. Boy, you've got yourself a winner, winner, chicken dinner. You know what's interesting about that? So I 100% agree. Like the trend kite was a B2B sales SaaS company, had a very outbound sales motion. Quotapath is what we call product-led growth, PLG. It's more product user-focused marketing. And so the people that I'm hiring know that they're going to get skill sets that are different from where they got at TrendKite. None of this has to do with compensation. You mm-hmm. didn't talk about comp. And that's the interesting thing. People want to learn and grow every single day. Comp becomes a secondary thing. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I say that all the time, but the fact that you confirmed it, I love you. Thank you, AJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're just about out of time for today's show. Thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of our community can find you and uh, learn more about you? Well, I am not as active on Twitter, but I am pretty active on LinkedIn. So AJ Bruno 3 is where you can find me. And I post regularly. If you have a direct personal reach out on LinkedIn, I guarantee I will answer you. Also, we didn't talk about Quotapath. Quotapath is a sales commission tracking tool. So if you're in sales, it's a premium app and you're welcome to try it out and use it at your leisure. Quotapath.com is where you can find that. Oh, that's perfect. Thanks so much. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Christopher Decker, our producers, Andrea Ballin and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review and share. We're listening. We welcome your feedback. After all, this show is for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. Or you can drop me an email at rickettstridesearch.com. We're actually going to be taking a vacation next week. I haven't even taken a break since like last year. So we're going to skip, but we'll be playing one of our best episodes for you. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Rick Gerard, your host, and you've been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Gerard.